And welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fitoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on X at P. Fitoff. This is episode 110 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. This will be the USC recap. But first things first, head over to our website at FanStreamSports.com for all additional podcast information. If you have an Apple device or an Android device, please feel free to download the FanStream Sports app. And then head over to our Facebook page, like that page, additional content out there as well. Please feel free to share that with your friends and family. USC comes to Notre Dame last night in South Bend, ranked 10th in all the polls, undefeated at 6-0. However, they're leaving South Bend, not undefeated. They're now 6-1. Notre Dame comes out with a dominating performance, especially defensively. The offense still needs tons of work. I repeat that needs tons of work right now. But Notre Dame wins 48-20, to 28-point win. A lot of that was uh, propelled by the defense, giving the offense a shorter field. I said when I picked Notre Dame to win this game last week, I said 28 to 21, but we got to get a quick 14 points off turnovers. And we ended up getting that and then some. We had a 24 to 3 lead at one point. USC comes down right before the half. And actually, we get a sack um, that would have ran the clock out. However, Notre Dame has a bonehead play, two of the players. Uh, the kid that made the sack, Abubaka Trior, I think is the name, true freshman, great play. He stripped uh, Caleb Williams, uh, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner right now, who had his worst game ever as a uh, college football player. He had three interceptions. That's never happened before. And him and Maris Leofau are celebrating. And Marcus Freeman sees that if we don't get back to the line of scrimmage, Caleb Williams is just going to spike the ball. Then they get an additional five yards to uh, – to make the field goal attempt or to bring the field goal attempt in five yards uh, closer is what I'm trying to say. And had they not been celebrating time runs out, however, USC does get a, uh, despite the uh, uh, non penalty and five yards, not being making the field goal closer than what it could have been. Uh, they still get the field goal to go up 24 to six, but pretty much from the start to the finish, Notre Dame, uh, dominating uh dominated the game for the most part usc did make a run here or there but if you look at we'll get into the stats a little bit later but uh from start to finish notre dame uh with a dominating performance here but we just have to uh we got to get that offense going but we'll get in that a little bit later but i wanted to make a note notre dame will not be playing next week this is their first buy they have two buys this year i think they have two buys in three weeks but not playing next week, but then the following week, which would be October, let's see, 29th, I believe. Yeah, because yesterday was the 14th. So, no, I'm sorry. It would have been uh, be October the 28th. They will be playing Pitt at Notre Dame. And I know last night was a great win for Notre Dame, but it just last week's loss against Louisville even stings more now because last night at Pitt, Pitt, who I believe was only one in four at the time, they beat Louisville. 38 to 21 and they showed how mediocre Louisville's quarterback is, but we made him not look like a superstar last week, but he should not have been making the plays that he did last week and just no business losing that game. I know we have to get over that, but uh, we're really, uh, I don't want to say wasting a great, well, I will say that had we made the playoffs this year, this would have been a great year with this defense because I know in this modern era, you just need a bend but don't break defense. If you have an outstanding defense, that's even better. But we're getting to that point where this defense is playing outstanding football right now. And if we just had a slightly above 
offense right now, God knows what we could have done in the playoffs had we made it. Because the thing is now, if you need a above-average offense, if not a great offense, to win a, a championship. But you also need a bend-but-don't-break defense. And Notre Dame has even a better than bend-but-don't-break defense right now. So I want to do a little bit something different. Uh, if you were just waking up today, Sunday morning, and looked at the newspaper without seeing that Notre Dame won 48-20, to and we improved to 6-2, and uh, and we're heading into that bye week now uh, before we play Pitt in two weeks, but here's the thing. USC had 23 first downs, Notre Dame 13. USC converted six out of 13 third downs, so almost 50%. Notre Dame only uh, 30%, three out of 10. And then USC converted one out of three on fourth down. Notre Dame had zero attempts on fourth down. Total yards, USC 302, which is pretty low for them. Uh, they were averaging 51, I believe is 51.8 points per game last night. I will repeat that. USC was averaging 51.8 points per game prior to last night. That's the best in the nation. Uh, Notre Dame only had 251 yards last night total. Passing, this is low for USC, but it was more than Notre Dame last night. Uh, 199 yards passing, Notre Dame just 126. And then rushing 103 USC, 125 for Notre Dame. Time of possession, 34-35 for USC, 25-25 for Notre Dame. But just off those raw stats there, team-wise, you would have thought, wow, USC's probably going to win this game. Not dominating performance, but USC would have won this game. But no, it was just the defense. Uh, as I said, when I predicted the 28-21, we were going to have to get some turnovers because I, I just didn't think our offense could keep up with them. But I just didn't think our defense would shut down this uh, USC offense that that well. Because Caleb Williams, 23-37, one nine 199 yards, one TD, three interceptions. And that TD that came on a short field because our special teams uh gave up a long kick return. And I think uh he ran it back into the 20-yard line. And then that three points at the end of the half they shouldn't have had. So if you I know could have, should have, would have, but here's the thing: if you take away those 10 points right there, Notre Dame holds them to 10 points. You really just USC had one drive. One regular offensive drive for three points, and then one offensive drive where they had a pretty nice, it's kind of like an option run where they scored a, I think it was about a 30, 35 yard touchdown run. And so, really, they, they just had 10 points uh, total. But then I'll get back into that. We really only had 10 points total, too, on our, our offense. I'll get into that a little bit later. Shut down their running game. Marshawn uh, Lloyd, only 46 yards. Austin Jones, only 27. Receiving, this was the big thing here. I think the majority of their receivers were averaging about over 20 yards per catch. Uh, their longest catch of the night was only 21 yards. They pretty much held in check uh, their top receivers, like Taj Washington. His longest uh, reception was only 14 yards. Michael Jackson the third had six receptions. That was the most of any receiver for USC, but only 51 yards. His longest was 12. You would have thought USC would have had Multiple pass plays for 25, 30, 40 yards. Notre Dame secondary played outstanding, especially Xavier Watts who had the game of his life. Uh, I'll get into his stats a little bit later, but let's look at the Notre Dame's uh, final offensive uh, stats here. Sam Hartman, I don't know if it's just Coach Parker, but and I know it's a totally different offense at Wake Forest, that mesh system, but he's really regressed since the Ohio State game. And I just don't think they're letting him be 
or use his talent the way uh, he should, Sam Hartman, that is. Hopefully the next four games we see that again. Uh, 13 out of 20. For, he did have two touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's only had interceptions during the Louisville game from last week where he had three. And I will say, though, I did like Coach Parker's first couple play calls, uh, the first possession of the second half, but Sam Hartman didn't make the throws. He had a wide-open hold in stays that probably would have led to about a 25 to 30-yard gain if not more, but he got greedy. He saw Mitchell Evans downfield open for a split second. He probably should have just pulled it back and checked down to Holden Stace. And then also he missed Holden Stace on a third down that same drive, but then he ended up hitting uh, Chris Tyree for a 46 yard touchdown pass. Great pass. And just got to get, got to get him going again, because this, we can't rely on the defense just to create all these points going forward. Yes. They're playing lights out now, outstanding defense, but you just can't rely on your defense to give you a short field like what they did last night and creating 21 points off three uh, Caleb Williams interceptions. Uh, Aldrick Estime, solid night, 22 carries, 95 yards. He had two touchdowns and receiving. Chris Tyree led the way for two for 62, one touchdown. Jabron Payne, uh, one reception. That was a touchdown after that USC, for the first USC uh, Caleb Williams interception. Uh, what else here? Tackles, J.D. Bertrand, solid 11 tackles. Xavier Watts, his greatest game uh, in a Notre Dame uniform, seven tackles, two interceptions to lead to 14 points. Then he had a scoop and score where Cam Hart punched the ball out of uh, USC receiver. Cam Hart's getting really good at that. He did that last week against Louisville. Very similar to what T.J. Watt does at, uh, for the Steelers. And uh, he created that turnover. Xavier Watts uh, completed the deal with a scoop and score. However, and Marcus Freeman got in his face about it, which I like too. He he uh, slowed up around the two or one yard line to kind of showboat into the end zone and almost got poked away. And he's got to get better at that. Get in the end zone, then celebrate. But Marcus Freeman, I saw it the after that got in his face to say, get in the end zone first. And I like to see that. Uh, he also had a strip at the end of the game and that was the only turnover we created five turnovers three interceptions two fumbles the only turnover we didn't convert into points was at the end of the game because time ran out and we weren't going to run up the score so we just took a knee and xavier was a part of that as well uh jack kaiser had five uh tackles uh sacks we created six sacks against caleb williams and he's just not a a sit back type passer this guy uh, and he did, uh, he did kind of, uh, there was a couple times there could have been more sacks, but he worked his magic like he did last year, but just not as much because last year, God, I think we could have had three or four sacks, but he just got out of the pocket and did his thing. But, um, we really contained him, uh, very well last night. Uh, but of those six sacks, let's see here. One was, uh, actually from Mayor Sleaf. I know I get on him a lot and he was part of that dumb, penalty at the end of the first half, but he played a lot better in the second half, especially with that one sack. Uh, what else here? Special teams came through again, right? When, uh, USC was making a run, I believe they cut it to 31 to 20 Jadarian price, 99 yard kickoff return. Looked like rocket Ismail, uh, returning that. And that just deflated USC, uh, big time. And then we ended up turning them over on downs. The next possession, uh, what else here? I just want to show you though here. I can't say enough. The defense was phenomenal last week or last night. However, for us to 
win these next four games, especially at Clemson. I know Clemson doesn't have the greatest offense either. This offense has got to come around. But let me just point this out. Of the 48 points we scored last night, 20, let's see, 21 points were off Caleb Williams' uh, interceptions, which gave us a short field. But I will say at least the offense converted it. They didn't just settle for three points or zero points. We got touchdowns off of those three interceptions. That's a solid sign for the offense. I will say that right there. Uh, the scoop and score by uh, Xavier Watts, that was another seven points. So that's, what, 28? And then we turned them over on downs. That's 31. And then the Jadarian Price kickoff return, that's 38. The only points we scored for a reg what I call a regular offensive drive was that Sam Hartman touchdown pass to Chris Tyree. And then we also had a field goal. I believe it was early in the fourth quarter. We only scored really 10 points. I mentioned that before about USC. If you take away that long kickoff return they had, and then that stupid penalty we had, uh, instead of having the clock run out after the the sack uh, by, I think his name is Abubakar Traore, a great freshman, they only scored 10 points. So USC's offense only really scored 10 points. So is Notre Dame. The difference was our defense and special teams created another 38. That's great. The game has three facets, offense, defense, special teams. But this offense has got to start scoring more. Ever since that Ohio State game, whether it's play calling, uh, Sam Hartman losing his confidence because of the play calling, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Tobias Merriweather did not have a catch again last night, but this offense has got to start scoring. I was taking notes throughout the night last night, and here's kind of another talking point I want to get into here. If you watched the Washington and Oregon game last night, great game. Uh, Washington ended up winning that game. They got a great quarterback. I think his name is Michael Penix Jr. He's a transfer from Indiana. Oregon has a pretty solid quarterback too. Bo Nix, he's a transfer from Auburn. His dad was a great quarterback for Auburn. I think he was in the late 80s or early 90s. I think his name was Pat Nix. But then he ended up transferring from Auburn. But here's the thing. Uh, our offense last night at times made USC, which is a porous defense, look like the 85 Bears. I'm not shitting you. It's just how can our offense make these horrible defenses look so good ever since that Ohio State game? What what is What's changed since that game? And when I look at Washington and Oregon, especially Washington, their, their team was a mess two years ago. And two years now, their offense looks so dynamic. If you watch those, and they still have a, a solid defense, same with Oregon. But my God, if you just look at the formations, the creativity from both of those teams yesterday, Washington and Oregon, I'm like, we are so far away from that type of creativity, the dynamics of their offense. When are we going to get to that? Because we have got to get to that point. I mean, not just, how should I say this? I mean, not exactly like those two teams, but just 50%, 40% of that with this defense, as I said earlier, this team could have really made some noise in the playoffs just with 40 to 50% of what Oregon and Washington have right now because we have the advantage because we have a defense that can stop them for the most part. We can probably hold them to 20 points, but if our offense just can do 40 to 50%, let's just say even 60%, it, why are we so far behind with 
today's game on how offenses are played. It was the same with Tommy Reese. It was the same. And I will tell you, Alabama looks, they do not look dynamic at all either, but, and they haven't really beat anyone yet either. I, I see Alabama losing at least another game, if not two more before the season ends. When are we going to get to this type of offense? And I'm not saying it's got to be after the bye week, but I want to see some major, or how can I say this? We've got to see an improvement on offense. I don't want to say major because that's too big of a word within two weeks. But during this bye, okay, get rested up and everything. Coach Parker's got to find a way to use the talent of this team to the best of their abilities to score points. Because look, look what Louisville did last week against Notre Dame. They, they schemed their way to score some points when they had to, and it ended up benefiting them to win the game. That's what Notre Dame has to do. Coach Parker, use your creativity because you got a hell of a lot better. And that's the thing. When we play Pitt on in two weeks from yesterday on Saturday, we need to annihilate them for me to see any sort of progress in these from the two weeks um, from last night. And then if you include the, the bye week and then into when we play Pitt, I want to see some major. I want to say that now. Okay. Also, I want to see some major improvement. On, especially with Pitt. Now, when a Clemson, it's probably not going to be a major improvement, but against Pitt, I want to see a dominating performance. We should have at least some sort of where you really say, okay, I think they're starting to get it now. And especially against Pitt. Clemson, that may be a different story the following week, I think, or it's after the bye. I don't know. But against Pitt, I know they beat Louisville last night, but damn it, we better see some sort of major improvement against Pitt because Pitt is not that good. They're two and four right now. I want that game pretty much over by halftime. And if we see where it's 10 to three, 14 to three, I think you're really going to have to say, I mean, I'm not about firing someone, but does Marcus Freeman in the back of his mind have to start thinking, I got to find another offensive coordinator for 2024 because if you cannot create more points after a bye week and against an uh, inferior opponent against Pittsburgh, something's wrong. I'm sorry. I, I know it's his first year as an offensive coordinator, but you that's why you brought Sam Hartman. Because there's always the excuse of only we had a quarterback. Well, we got a quarterback now. If we only had talent and speed at receiver, we, we got that now. You got Chris Tyree. You, sh you saw it last night, what he can do in open space. Tobias Merriweather, the guy's a freak. Why aren't you using him? You got a five-headed monster still at uh, running back. I know our offensive line's overrated, but it's solid. You got the talent right now. You got the quarterback. Start using it. I'm not saying you're going to turn into Oregon or Washington after this bye, but we got to see some sort of improvement. But the end goal, I, I just want to see this. It was. Just, I don't know if anyone watched that, but it was so dynamic. So much creativity. It's kind of like when I watch uh, the NFL playoffs the last two years, I'm a Steeler fan, and their offense is even worse than Notre Dame. It's pathetic, even though they won last week. But their defense, like Notre Dame's defense last night, won them the game against Baltimore against the Baltimore Ravens uh, a week ago. But when I watch, especially the Chiefs, I know you got Patrick Mahomes, and that makes a lot of difference in the world. But all the other, even Buffalo and even San Francisco, who's more known for their uh, defense, but now they're getting more of a to be offensively with their offense. If you look at those teams in the playoffs compared to the Steelers, the creativity, the dynamics, 
it's night and day. And to compete in both the professional game and the college game, it's now Benbo don't break defense. If you have an outstanding defense, even better. But you got to have an offense that's above average and can get really quick points at times. Offense wins games now, and then defense seals the deal is what I'm trying to say. But that's a discussion for a different day. Uh, what else here? So we got the offense. But uh, for this coming week, I, I doubt I'm going to do a podcast this week. I'll probably just do the preview for Pitt in uh, the following week. I was going to do. I was going to have Greg on to go over the uh, – uh, since we're the halfway point – or more than halfway point in the season. But I wanted to kind of – at first, I wanted to, once we, after the USC game, just to do a analysis of how the season's gone so far. But the way the offense is looking right now, I thought it'd be unfair to actually uh, give an analysis uh, uh, during the bye because I want to see what we have, all the points I just mentioned before. I want to see what comes out of this bye. And then, Greg, I'll have Greg on after the season maybe before the bowl, it'll be either be before the bowl game or after the bowl game to say how, you know, how the season went, the pros, the cons, what's next. But I just thought it'd be unfair and to, uh, to give an analysis this week on how the season's gone up to this point, because I'm going to give Jared Parker the benefit of the doubt, give him a buy, give him a week to try to figure some of this out and then see if we can manhandle Pitt in the first half. And then just make an assessment after the season's over. So you're not going to get a, not even a halfway point in the season. We'll wait until the end of the season just to see if Coach Parker can figure this thing out. Uh, so we'll we'll go from there. But thank you so much for joining me for episode uh, 110 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>